Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Welcome back to another <laughs> episode of the Soul Sisters Podcast. <laughs> I'm Christina. And I'm Amber. And we're just really not having a good day. <laughs> Trying to compensate right now, but yeah, no, it's been a little rough. Um, We're like super hyper though. Yeah, no, we've been manic for like four hours. It's been awesome. Um, Like we've actually been trying to record for the last three hours. Yeah, we've actually been trying to record for hours. It's just not happening. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on. But um, how are you, Amber? What's new? What's fresh? You know, (laughs) I just literally started crying for no reason. (laughs) We like. most of our nights, we're just laughing in the, until we cry. Yeah, pretty fucking much. <laughs> like, that's all we know how to do. Oh, my God. Oh um, my God. But, yeah. Yeah, no, things are, interesting. <laughs> things are as great as they can be in this day and age. Like, pure pandemic uh, sadness. Yeah. <laughs> pandemic sadness, but it's mm-hmm. great. Um, so, anyways, how are you doing? You know, <laughs> fabulous, fresh, funky, feisty, and zesty and yeah so today's topic let's just jump into that because um this one really just hits home <laughs> it really does what are we talking about today we're talking about codependency and relationships oh i love it dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> um so amber codependency i swear we didn't smoke guys we really, we really didn't um how would you define codependency I think it's when people don't really have a good idea of, like, who, de- like, what defines who they are. Mm-hmm. When they don't really have, like, when they're, like, in that identity crisis type of, type of mode. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, like, two people coming together and they kind of just rely on everything from the other person. They put all their eggs in one basket. And so I think it's, like, when you really don't have a good idea of who you are, you kind of try to make sense of that through somebody else. And yeah. that can be a lot for the other person. It's, I feel like, codependent relationships, I feel like most people experience them at some point, especially those early on, like, young, like, relationships, especially in, like, the teen years, I would say, and, like, young adult years. Um, I feel like codependency is, like, honestly super fucking scary, especially mm-hmm. when you get out of a codependent relationship and you look back on what that experience was like for you as you've, like, grown and developed, and you're like, holy fuck, like, who was I? Like, actually, yeah. who was I? Like, yeah. it's actually scary. Um, so, where does codependency stem from? So, we have a little, like, textbook quote here. We're going to start with some easy information. So, it is usually rooted from childhood. A child grows up in a home where their emotions are ignored, neglected, or punished. This can cause a child to feel shame and create low self-esteem. It can lead a person to question if they're loved or worthy. They may believe that their needs are not worth attending to. So I definitely think that, um, for the most part, certain aspects of your childhood definitely play into how your role is portrayed in relationships growing older. Um, I can say for myself, I definitely have been in codependent relationships Mm -hmm. before. And even, like, partners that weren't long-term. Even friendships I've experienced codependency Mm -hmm. with, especially in, like, younger years and, and, like, high school and, like, uh, whatever. So... I think that codependency, looking back on, like, my childhood, I can say that I definitely played into that narrative of, like, you know, I felt like my parents, like, there was no worthy. I felt like I wasn't heard. I was constantly seeking a validation that they weren't giving to me. And as I got older, I looked for that in men and Mm -hmm. other people and other relationships that were formed around me. And all of my worth was placed onto those people because I didn't have a sense of self-worth. So I feel like it's a lot of pressure and expectation. And it's a recipe for disaster when the person that you're with is also a codependent person. Definitely. Like, that is just literally, it's so much energy. It's so much stress. It's so overwhelming. Um, So I think it's definitely something that over time, I mean, speaking for myself, like, as you develop, I think more when I found my spirituality and really dove into like self-development and looking at who I am as a person, what I need to work on and really like grow through and who I want to be. And I think all of that kind of over the years has helped me develop into a person that recognizes when I feel the codependency like urges. Because I feel like even though, you know, you might grow and you might develop past the need for maybe a codependent relationship, it's very easy to fall back into the pattern. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what's almost the scariest part about it. Because, like, you might feel like, okay, you know what, next time I get into a relationship, like, I'll be fine. Like, I worked through all of that. Like, I went through all the codependent Mm -hmm. shit. I don't, I'm not going to be like that in my next relationship. And then you get into a healthier relationship and you're like, holy fuck, like, I feel those things coming up again. It can almost be habitual too, right? Yeah, you almost can't control it. Yeah. Which no, is like I totally get it. Spooky. Honestly, yeah, I completely relate to you. And I think that's the thing, right? Like when you're in it, 
And even, like, you know, we were just saying before the podcast, like, we can reflect on those times and be like, damn, like, you know, before we really did a lot of that self-development work, like, Mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to, right? Because it's, like, that injured child now trying to be in an adult, mature relationship. And it's, like, we're all just, like, children literally trying to learn what being a mature adult actually is. Yeah. And it's, like, you literally have to go through the ringer before you really understand how to do that and how to make it work. And it's, like, I think a lot of people, like, they do carry a lot of, like, their traumas and their past baggage, especially from, like, their parenting and their socialization. And so, like, having that and then going in, like, the most vulnerable relationship you can which is with a partner a romantic partner this is when all of that stuff comes to light Mm -hmm. and it's like a lot of people don't know how to deal with it and so i think it's like they and obviously a lot of people don't even understand exactly to the degree that they're codependent like they just think oh they're just madly in love or oh that they can't like they would die without this person Mm -hmm. or and it doesn't even mean it's a good relationship it could be a toxic one like but you feel like it's like life or death. Like if shit goes south, you're like, I'm lost without this person. Yeah. And that is a rooted injured child who doesn't have, has not had that time to really develop their sense of self. It's almost like you lose, um, you lose out on like your growth at that point of time. Because when you're nurtured by your parents and you know, your environment that you grew up in and you have an established sense of worthiness of, you know, feeling loved, of all of those things that are like essential to your development as a child, as you get older, if you're lacking those things, it's only natural to try and seek them out in other relationships that you develop into over time. So I can easily say for myself, I didn't have that growing up. I felt like super disconnected from my family. I didn't really have like a great example of like what love really looks like in front of me because my parents were never super affectionate or any of that. So even to this day, I feel like I'm actually like uncomfortable with too much affection because it doesn't feel natural to me. So even in like, say my past relationship, like my ex was I would say also super codependent Mm -hmm. and I felt like for myself because I was so broken at that point in time and I really didn't have a sense of self-worth and my self-esteem was so low that it was feeling the need to be needed and I think that's a huge part of codependency is when you feel like your value is placed on the fact that you're needed by somebody Mm -hmm. else and without that feeling it's external though right exactly so you're seeking that external validation from somebody else in order to validate your own worth And we all know, like, that's not where, you know, our validation and worth needs to come from. It needs to come from within yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it all plays into self-love and valuing yourself and truly, you know, realizing that you can never be at your best self in a relationship if you have not truly looked at yourself and acknowledged the injured child. I feel like that's the biggest thing. Yeah, like, put that fucking shit on a t-shirt. Literally, fuck. Yeah, it's literally... It's, it's like we always say how you can, people can only meet you as deeply as they've met themselves. Mm -hmm. And it stands for all of my experiences in my life. I'm like, I can only truly try to comprehend somebody else on the level that I've been able to like contemplate myself. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, and it's like not enough people have done that work. Like I, and that's the thing too. It's like the more I grow up, quote unquote, grow up, Mm -hmm. I realize just like how many adults are walking around in this day and age and old, like even like, you know, senior, like old people. And like, you could just tell like that they don't have this level of like understanding themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's not to like throw shade. It's just like, wow, like we, you know, it really comes down to the person and your willingness to really understand all that you are in this lifetime. And like, I feel as though our generation is like really the biggest generation to really start doing that inner work. Yeah. But like you see it in generations, like, you know, and of course there's the exception to the rule, but like, I do find a lot of people, like we see these relationships, maybe in our, our friends our uh, you know, other people in our lives, our coworkers. It's like, it's so like easy to point like where those people are, you mm-hmm. know, because you could see the problems and you're like, literally you're codependent because you haven't done enough given yourself enough time to really do that work and really know what you want out of the person without making it seem like it's life or death. Like if you don't get that, you know, you have to be whole on yourself. Exactly. And I think it's also huge on, um, like I notice with a lot of people, like I just see a lot of people in relationships, like settling Mm. and really settling for things that are not allowing them to be the best versions of themselves. And I think within that, that can also tie into codependency because once you settle for somebody that, you know, you instinctively, like, you know, you have love for that person at the end of the day, you know, and a lot of mm-hmm. codependent relationships, the love can be confused with all of these other emotions and okay, well, I love this person. So therefore I need to fight tooth and nail to make this work, even though that person is destructive and disrespecting me. But at the end of the day, if I don't, if I feel like I didn't fix this, then I'm going to be crushed. And I think like, I don't know, 
especially like having BPD and being in relationships when you have mental health issues and you struggle with that on its own, I find it's 10 times easier to become attached and become codependent because you feel so lost in this world and you're so fucking dissociated and Mm -hmm. you want someone to like understand you and you want that companionship and all of those things that you can't give to yourself. And I think that's when it becomes so scary because you become so engulfed in this other person, you completely lose sight of yourself. And that's like one of the scariest things because once you lose sight of yourself, if that person leaves, you're literally left picking up the pieces of yourself that you don't even know how to put back together. And that's really where like, you know, we see and we've experienced where like when somebody walks out in your life or when something changes like that, something major with a relationship, you feel so fucking lost. And Mm -hmm. you know, it's not to say like, obviously if it's a big relationship, a big connection, you are going to have that hit. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, it's like, regardless of the connection, if you can find it in yourself to really understand like your needs, like see the bigger picture and be like, you know what? Yeah, shit does like shit does suck sometimes. But also at the same time, like I stand with the conviction. I always have that everything happens for a reason. Like I'm a broken record at this point because I say it for everything. Mm -hmm. But like, that's my mantra. Yeah, no, totally. So it's like, I I genuinely believe like I can see I in my life in my experiences I can look back and be like I understand to such a degree exactly where everything happened because I can see the lesson that I've taken from everything Mm -hmm. and how I wouldn't be who I am today without that so it's like when you have that kind of perspective it really helps to put in place like why maybe certain relationships didn't work out Mm -hmm. but also why they also served their time yeah when they did occur and I think when you lose that sense of feeling the need to control and when you just let it freely flow and you experience it, mm-hmm. I feel you can truly live in the experience and f- experience it for all that it is rather than, okay, well, I'm uh, I'm terrified that this person's going to walk away. So let me do anything that I can in my power to make sure they don't leave me. Mm-hmm. And there's a book called, um, fuck, what's it called? I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. Oh, yeah. Never heard of that. And I'm pretty sure that's what the title is. I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure. Um, but it's like a book about BPD and how with BPD we're, um, I mean, in general, and, and you can also obviously work on this over time. So you can improve different things within that personality disorder, but it's very hard because you can become very manic. And it's one of those things where I feel like with BPD, you can become easily attached to so many people. And because you don't have a a real idea of who you are and your sense of self is so like disoriented that you almost adapt to that person that you're with but you also switch emotions so easily that you're like well fuck you if you do something that pisses me off even in the slightest and then but also i can't if i can't survive without you so it's like super codependent and Mm -hmm. i feel like at many points like me and my ex were like that like i remember times like where i caught him cheating on me and then he like threatened that he was like gonna kill himself and it's like that's not love at the end of the day that's a super codependent relationship and toxic and and it's very much guilt tripping and obviously you know when someone says something like that to you that's a huge fucking thing that's a huge statement to make and it puts the other person in a position well now i feel like i don't want to leave this person because i'm scared that something bad's going to happen so there's so many things that play into it and i also think another huge thing too is struggling struggling to identify with your own needs or emotions you almost lose sight of what is it that you actually need like look at if you really take a step back and look at yourself what is it that i need for myself that i can give to myself and what i also actively would like from a partner Mm -hmm. and i think when you're codependent you actually just lose sight of all of that completely like you literally don't know because you actually lose Mm -hmm. sight of it all yeah you're not you're not level-headed at all Mm -mm. and i'm sure like people can relate when if they've been in a toxic relationship it's so easy to like just like turn a blind eye and you can justify and you're like no, but, like, it'll, it'll get better. Or, mm-hmm. like, oh, no. Like, you'll just justify behaviors or you'll justify the situation because you're, like, well, like no, they're, they're meant to be in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so easy to, like, justify the fact that, like, even though you know intuitively it's it's not right and, like, you know, even in our experiences, like, we've always been there for each other through, like, these experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to just kind of, like, justify the fact that you're in a relationship even if it's literally, like, killing you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, I just remember certain times I'd be, like, I'd know what my intuition was, like, t- seriously telling me, you know, shit was off. And, but, you know, there was times where, like, I was, I gave all my power away. Yeah. And I was, like, no, but, like, there has to be a higher reason, like, I would, like, fight for it. And I'm, like, you know, in hindsight, you look and you're, like, wow, like, I, you know, there was times when I was codependent. And for me, my thing is always, like, I'm terrified of losing people, mm-hmm. you know, ever since my dad. So, for me, it's, like, it's, 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 
over the years, I mean, I've definitely worked on it, you know, that fear, because it's led me to situations where I would stick with people, even like friendships that were seriously so damaging. Yeah. So just did not serve me at all. But I stuck with it because I'm like, I will, I feel like I'll like die if I don't have that person in my life. Yeah. If I lose one more person, mm-hmm. I feel like I've lost so many people. So it's like, I feel like I put myself in this like narrative where I'm like, I am not strong enough if I lose one more person. Yeah. And because I've played out that narrative in the past, it basically created this story in my head and in, in my life, like it manifested into the real thing where I'm like, I, I will not let go of anybody, even if they aren't good for me. Mm-hmm. And again, that was, you know, younger Amber, but again, we get ourselves in these cycles and it's what we even said at the beginning where it's that injured child or it's that injured teenager. And it's like, you're playing out your trauma in a way because yeah. for me, it's like that whole abandonment piece. It's that whole, like, you know, you want to stay connected even with the worst connections because it still feels like you have something or something yeah. to grasp onto, even if they're not good for you. And I think when mental health plays into that, oh, it's huge. It's also because I feel like, you know, playing into this dissociation, when you feel like nothing is real and mm-hmm. you have a relationship with a friend or a partner that makes you feel alive, and the toxicity is a huge reason why it makes you feel alive, it's confusing because it's like well i feel something when i'm with this person and it can be good but then it's also super bad and rough and not well, you fun. equate feeling something to like it being good yeah and it's which like, is not you feel something it doesn't mean it's good exactly <laughs> and i think again um when we actually get into like what is codependency um i think that like this is huge too like constant reassurance seeking so yeah. i found that for myself i was constantly trying to get validation and reassurance from my partner that everything was fine, that we weren't fighting. If, mm-hmm. if I felt any, like, change of, like, shift of emotion, I got really scared. And so I was constantly seeking that validation. And I also felt, because I was so insecure within myself, I was, like, I, I needed that validation from him. Like, am I attractive enough? Am I this? Am I that? Because mm-hmm. I didn't believe that I was. Mm-hmm. And so in, those por- in that period of time, he would somewhat give me that validation, but it was almost never enough. Mm-hmm. And because when you don't believe it, someone can tell you the same thing over and over again until they're blue in the face, but you're never going to believe it if you if you don't actually embody Especially that. Especially if you're, like, seeking out, like, even subconsciously, that external validation and justification. It's like, you know, and I think about this quote, it's like, <laughs> um, you know, a, uh, an overthinker needs a good communicator. Yeah. And, like, I think it's, vi- like, I think it's reciprocal. I think all relationships, each person needs to have both. But yeah. Again, it's kind of one of those things where it also speaks to the fact that, like, there could be such a lack of communication yeah, in definitely. relationship, especially when there are two codependent people. It's like, if you're overthinking and you already have trust issues, it's so much more, it's 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 going to be inevitable that you're going to feel so, like, stressed at so yeah. many points because you're going to be like, I, I don't know where this person's, like, what their mind is going through. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of the times it really is, I feel like, a lot of overthinking because... Oh, we did that so much. Like, really bad. Like, just really to the bad. point where it was so I excessive. I would sleep. Yeah. Like, I would literally be up all night being like, oh, my God, where is he? You What's ruin he your doing? own day. Completely. Like, Completely. And, but the thing is, though, it's, like, also, it's hard because where where's the line between intuition and overthinking, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the lines get blurry and it's kind of hard. Um, and when that communication isn't there and you're just assuming your partner knows what you need, that also becomes an issue. Because if you're not expressing mm-hmm. to that person, well, this is what I need from you, they can't give it to you. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to continually ask that, if you do actually communicate, so this is what I need, this is what I need, and they're repeating it and giving that to you, but you don't truly believe what they're saying. Like someone can say they love you a million times, mm-hmm. but do you love yourself enough to accept the fact that someone else is capable of loving can you? Can you receive that? Can you receive their love or not? Because can you, it, that's the thing. Can you receive your own love? Yeah. That's literally so what it comes down to. And that's why it's like, if you can't, if you don't even know how to love yourself and receive the love that you give to yourself, you have not taught yourself how to receive it from another person. Exactly. Because you don't believe that that's something you're worthy of having. Mm-hmm. And that is really why we from the beginning of like when we started this podcast we've been super heavy on the ego on um like developing you know your self-love and taking a look at yourself and where you're lacking and what you want to improve and all of those things because at the end of the day everything that we experience in our relationships is a direct reflection of ourselves mm-hmm. and that's in friendships a relationship with our parents our siblings our co-workers anyone that you encounter most 99.9% of the time it's a reflection of who you are as a person and what you're willing to give and receive so I think the lines can get very blurry that very is quick so huge. another piece is like 
Um, you'll do anything to hold on to the relationship, even if it's destructive, out of the fear of being alone. And I can definitely resonate with this because, like, when I first got involved in relationships, it was six months after my dad passed. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, it was just... It was this big distraction that, like, it's not to take away from, like, those experiences and those relationships because they, they did mean something. But at the same time, like, in hindsight, I was definitely not ready to be in a relationship because yeah. I just lost. I had the biggest loss of my life and I was so closed to life. Like, I was so dissociated. I was like, dude, I'm in purgatory right now. Like, yeah. this is not real life. I was walking through hell and somehow I, I found, like, a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it definitely served its time. And, you know, in one point it was helpful but at the other point it was just I was destructive in it because I I did not love myself yeah I did not know how to even like really fully open up to others because I was just in a very like terrified state Mm -hmm. and so for me it's like especially I think I went I got myself continuously into these cycles of like break up be together break up be together because like I knew intuitively I'm like but I need to be alone. Like, I don't know why exactly. Cause I was just like on the brink of self-development, but I was yeah. like, but I need to be alone. Like it's, I, it's just, I knew it was like, I, I needed something more. Mm-hmm. And I really, what I needed was myself because I needed to really understand my trauma and work through it and process. And I knew over those years in the relationships, like in, in and out, in and out, wh- whoever was with, I knew that it was a distraction. And you're also afraid of, okay, well, if we break up, then that's another person that left me. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, like, I would then run back because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fuck, wait. Like, it would, like, almost hit. And then I'd go into this, like, fight or flight mode. And then, again, it's literally trauma. Yeah. And I'd, like, run back and I'd be like, wait, no, no, no. Like, I, I, I need to be with them. I need to be with them. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, I was so fucked. It was such a bad cycle. And, like, again, it, it plays into this fact that, like, I think it's that fear of being alone because I was at that point where as much as I liked my alone time. Yeah. When I had too, like, big of a period of being, like, alone and not having some somebody else in my life to, like, you know, work on in the relationship and, like, have that as a focus. Yeah. Um, it really gave me too much time to, like, let my thoughts linger and, like, the trauma would really hit. Yeah. Right? So I think for me, it's, like, codependent. Like, I've always been a very independent person. But I think, like, again, as we've talked about, whether it's you know, trauma when we're children or just, like, our upbringing or, again, like, trauma that I experienced, like, by losing my dad, like, this all kind of, like, you know, embedded itself into certain relationships. Yeah. And because I had not really done enough of that, like, inner work and, like, really understanding what all this meant, it came out in my relationships and it came out as me, like, jumping back and forth because at the time, I didn't know it, but, like, it was my intuition being, like, Amber, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, you were you having a hard to... time deciphering between your intuition and, like, All what your trauma was telling you to do. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. Like, for me, I was like, I need a distraction. I need, you know... And again, I, I feel bad saying distraction because, like, you know, they, they did have their They merit, were worthy right? relationships yeah, in, for sure. you know, in their own way. It was just, like, again, the timing was everything. And for me, it's like, I got to say, like, certain relationships, like, they helped a lot. Right? Yeah. Even, like, friendships, like, they saved me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you look back and you're like, wow, like... I just did not give myself enough time. And it was a trauma response to be like, I'm running back to something that I know isn't really serving me. Yeah. But I can't be alone right now because that means I'm going to have to process the trauma that I'm currently trying to avoid. Yeah. That's like fucking profound. <laughs> like yeah. That's actually and that's crazy. How like for me, that codependency like has, it, it bred itself. Yeah. You know? No, it's definitely overwhelming. And I think when you really take a look at yourself and... I mean, at those points in your life, especially those pivotal moments of needing to really actually assess your trauma and work through it, it was, it's easier to, you know, just, I don't like using the word distract again, but Mm -hmm. distract yourself from the real shit that you need to actually take a look at. And instead of doing that, let's just, you know, form this attachment to somebody else because that person is giving me a sense of something that right now I need. And Mm -hmm. I think it becomes a really like complicated and stressful situation because you almost get so wrapped up in it that you're like okay well now I'm so in this I don't know how to get myself out that's a problem too though like you kind of made this point a little earlier where it's especially for you and me we're very emotional people Mm -hmm. and like a huge part of our life like a huge part is the connection the relationships and the emotions that stem from it like that's very big meaning for us yeah but I think like again it can play into trauma where when you're so disassociated and when you have when you have dealt with so much shit in your life and so much mental health stuff when you finally have some of the most vulnerable open relationships and they make you feel something 
you grab onto that for dear life because you're yep. like, but I feel something. Mm-hmm. And for those certain moments, it's pure bliss. It's pure happiness. And yeah, there's amazing moments. But I think like in those experiences where they've turned sour, it's like then we continue to hold on to it because we're like, we make meaning out of the fact that we feel something. Yeah. When in reality, like our intuition is like, yeah, you feel something and it's not great. No, but it's almost like there's this song and it's like, I can't, it's honestly probably some just like emo band, but like, <laughs> I can't remember who, um, but it's like, would you rather feel pain than nothing at all? Ooh. And that's something yeah. I honestly ask. I've been asking myself this for years actually, mm-hmm. because I can't tell the difference, especially when I've gone in and out of like different episodes of my life so where, true. you know, like a lot of like, like go sinking into like the depression question. Yeah. Like the point that I've been at where I've been like super depressed and just like really not myself completely don't, I don't feel anything just very, very numb. And then I've been at points where I'm in so much pain that it's like grief mm-hmm. and I can't tell which is worse because I've been in situations where, you know, I've been attached to different relationships in my life and those relationships ended and even like during the relationship, like breakup on and off, back and forth, whatever. Those things really, when you're a co- when you're in a codependent attachment style relationship, that shit feels like your world is crashing down. Like it yeah. feels like literally everything is crumbling the around up and downs, you. Downs like every week. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, so fucking overwhelming. And also another aspect of this is feeling responsible for problem solving. So like feeling the need to help. Mm. Um, I definitely feel like this is a huge thing because in most codependent relationships you want to avoid conflict altogether because you don't want that person to leave you. But a lot of the times, like say for myself, I'm personally a pretty open-minded person and I'm pretty verbal with where I feel like things need to be talked about in in a sense. But a lot of the times, especially coming from a place where I was at, you know, three years ago or whatever in my previous relationship, I was a very angry person. Mm -hmm. So when I would communicate things, finally, after bottling them up for so long, because I was avoiding that conflict, when it would come out and it would be communicated across to the other person, it would be from a place of anger. It would be from a place of, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I can say to really hurt that person Mm -hmm. for the ways that they've hurt me. But also like, the fact that I could sit there and say to myself that I was super nasty and like was saying like, you know, things that like I never in my life have said to somebody mm-hmm. before, that kind of character came out of me. And still, even after all of that, I still felt like I would die without that person. It's so fucking interesting that human psyche is not. Very. And that's why. I'd be, yeah, I'd be the same way though. Yeah. Like, I'd literally lose my shit. Like even before work, I'd, oh God, you remember that one day? God, what day I'm was that? I'm not going like... the situation. It was like that one day... Um, it was, like, the whole social media situation. Probably, yeah. Oh, it was just so stupid. But, yeah, I basically ended up, like, calling him out right before work, and I went into work, and I went in the back room, and, like, I was with my manager, and I just, like, had a mental breakdown. I'm like, yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> like, it just, it's, like, because you say one thing, you're, like, this is how I feel. I don't want you to cross this boundary. And then let's just, like, and then that day happened, and I was, like, on social media, and I completely crossed the boundary. Yeah. And I'm, like, dude, I literally just talked to you, like, no more than 48 hours before this, saying, don't cross this boundary. And, like, and you, you cross the boundary. And then I call him, and I'm, like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, what? What? The one thing that I think would kill me the most is, like, playing the ignorant card. It's like, yep. dude, you're smart enough, because I wouldn't be dating an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you're smart enough to know that you just fucked up. I'm going to see red if you play the innocent card. Yeah. I cannot stand it. And isn't it interesting, too, that even in that situation where your boundary is being crossed, you've set a boundary, a clear oh, boundary. Oh, you forgive them again. Yeah. And then you forgive them. You set that boundary again for a little while. Things are fine. And oh. then something else happens where they cross that boundary <laughs> again. And it's like, when do we actually learn for ourselves... When are we going to actually take our boundaries and say, no, you are no longer going to disrespect my boundary? Because again, people are human. They make mistakes. I understand that. But when only once, right? Exactly. When you set a firm boundary and that's a huge part of like recovering from being in a codependent Mm -hmm. relationship is setting your boundaries. Loving yourself enough. Loving yourself enough to set those boundaries to make sure that you protect yourself and you respect yourself enough to know what you deserve and what you don't deserve. And that's a huge thing. It goes, it ties into toxic relationships. It ties into all of those things. But at the end of the day, codependent relationships, I think... They can be bred out of the toxic relationships though. And exactly. And that's why they're so interchangeable. Yeah. Because even for me, it's like, I felt definitely there was points, like, I, again, I'm, I really much need, like, my space in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I will do anything for you, but at the same time, like, we need, need to your have own our time. own hobbies. We need to have our own space. Like, I just feel... Definitely. It's nothing really... I've always been like that. Like, I just need to, like, recuperate. Even yeah, if I'm, recharge. like, with my favorite person and I can recharge with them, it's like, I need to have, like, my own, like, me time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And... So it's like, in that sense, yeah, I, I think it's important, but I think 
when you get so deep into this these toxic relationships and you end up being like okay but like they're my future and you know you give your power away and i yes. can feel that so deeply and it just got to the point where like i felt like i like had nothing left you know and i gave everything and then it was like still getting fucked over and I think at that point, that's when you, like, kind of slip from, like, well, I gave my power away. And so the only thing left is that codependency. Mm-hmm. And you don't even see it for what it is. You're just like, but I love them so much. And yeah. I, like, need to be with them, you know? And for me, I was like, I feel like my world's going to end if, like, I lose them. Yeah. Even though it's, like, I'm losing myself in the process. So, like, that's clearly way worse. Mm-hmm. But you're in that point where you're like, I'm, you know, I would be, I just was not good to myself. You're so deep in it. And that also, like, if the other person, like your partner, is also giving you these these ideas of what your future is going to be and what your life Mm -hmm. can be together, it's always about the possibility. It's always about what could be. It's never about what are you doing to me right now in the moment that's actually showing me that you respect me enough and and that we can actually get to that place. Because if you keep crossing my fucking boundaries Mm -hmm. and and not respecting me, we're never going to have that future that you keep talking about, you know? it just made me think because you remember the first time that I told you like me and my ex met right yeah like that whole situation like that's my one thing I guess I can I can definitely say I can still need to work on because I can like take certain moments and make them so much more than they were I feel like a lot of people for them and then I hold on to that yeah and like so long story short I basically met my ex um like when I was in school and we met at (laughs) oh god it sounds so bad now it was like a bar slash club which is ironic because I really don't like clubbing or anything like that I mean, neither did he, but he just, like, got kind of pushed into this just like I did that night. And when we were... So, I remember, like, it was kind of... Again, I was, like, just single, doing my own thing. I wasn't looking for anything. Mm-hmm. I was with my, like, other girlfriend at the time and, like, her boyfriend and, like, the rest of the fucking football team. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't really talk to anybody. I was like, I don't really care. Yeah. But I'm like, I'll go. And I remember, like, the first, like, five minutes I walked into the, the club, I kind of, like, saw him mm-hmm. and... It was, like, one of those weird intuitive moments where, like, again, something overcame me. And it was, like, this, like, primitive, like, I don't know what it was. It was, like, this voice, this feeling in me where it was, like, you're going to know him by the end of the night. And so I obviously, of course. And you knew him all right. (laughs) Oh, I knew him, yeah. And so basically by the end of the night, it's, like, (laughs) three. The fucking chair just creaks. Sorry. still working on it okay um no but by the end of the night like we had like went to wimpy's diner it was like 3 a.m and we're like well, this is fucking weird but again we just connected that way yeah and i think like for those years i really held on to that because i was like but like i had this weird intuitive like like beyond psychic like experience something overcame my body and it was like you're gonna know him and like in in hindsight i know it was like you're gonna learn something from this mm-hmm. connection and then now but again in hindsight I know exactly what that premonition was because it was like, you, this is the man that will help be the catalyst to teaching you to trust your intuition. Ah, fuck. But again, when I was, you know, still in my development mode and still really, um, like really in the gutters with that type of stuff and like really not trusting my intuition, I missed, I, I mistook that for he's the one. Yeah. Your brain confuses you, and I think that's where a big thing with the intuition and the boundaries and all that comes into play, because your brain almost makes you think, okay, well, I know I met this person for a reason, so that must mean that they're meant to be my life forever. This must be my person. This must be... And that could be the trauma brain, right? Exactly, because you're just really relying on that initial spark, that connection, whatever that experience might have been, and you hold on to that in your mind, and even as things further develop with that person you even when things get fucked up and you look back on that moment you're like but i know i met you for a reason i know and it has to be for us to be able to work through this shit and that's the thing we even you're 100 right and we even like um towards the end like he would always say he's like well you know like you've completely changed my life like you literally were the catalyst for me like awakening yeah. and like my consciousness and like all that and i'm like I mean, that's amazing. I'm glad. But I'm like, I don't always want to be the person who's the catalyst for waking these people up. Yeah. And it's through my pain. That's not fair. Like, I don't, like, it's like, I love it, but I hate it because I'm like, it's always through my pain that, like, this happens. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, so bittersweet. I'm like, awesome. You're conscious. Good for you. I'm so but glad that like... I helped awaken you. And now I have to deal with the trauma of our entire yeah, fucking relationship. You know? And that's why it's I think just... boundaries, 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 yeah, boundaries. Yeah. Those are the biggest fucking things. Because, say, it's in cute. that situation with your ex, if you had set those boundaries and stuck by them, then things would have been different. But you needed to go through that relationship Mm -hmm. and seek it out until the end to learn those things about yourself. And I feel like a lot of women um, can be very similar in that sense where I feel like we don't leave until we've absolutely had enough times 10. Yeah. You know? Like and we, also where we probably lost a, a huge part of ourselves in the process, which oh, is yeah. unfortunate because it was hard. Like, that's, that's the thing. But when we finally did break up, like, I was – 
honestly pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, because it wasn't also the first time. Right? Yeah. It was like the replay of the You've already been before. through it. That was like and with my ex when I we broke up like, on the I'm undone. not even surprised at this point. I'm like, you're just like a fool, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it wasn't surprising. It was just like, I hope you realize you just lost like a woman that would have literally done anything for you. Yeah. And it is what it is. I'm not bitter. We're good. But at the end of the day, like, I know what I bring to the table and, you know, it... <laughs> It's really unfortunate. It's a, it's a loss though. for them, but and it is I think what it is. playing into the whole aspect of codependency, it's also another big thing is you can't say no, like fearing that they'll leave you if you say no, mm-hmm. and obviously playing into boundaries as well. But I actually like when I think of that, I think of specific times of things that happened between me and my ex that I instinctively knew I didn't like, or I even voiced that I didn't like. And regardless, they even even if he agreed and said he wouldn't do those things again or whatever. For a while, he wouldn't. Then it would happen again. Even in terms of, like, the sexual relationship, like, things that he would do in bed, he never paid attention to my needs. And pretty much I just felt like I was just there to be there. And it was never, like, we were actually in an experience together. And But I still never said no because I was afraid that if I were to have said no and maybe if I just settle for what I'm getting, I can work through it. I'll be fine. But at the end of the day, because I never set those clear boundaries of what I really, truly deserved, I never got that from him. And Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know... People just aren't for you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And until you really live out that experience for yourself and decide, okay, I no longer want to be in this codependent relationship. Once you fi- start finding yourself worth, and I think it almost scares the other party when you start finding yourself worth because they start to see that you're now forming opinions. You're now voicing what you actually want to say and, and really making it clear. They almost don't like the fact that it's almost like now you're becoming stronger than they are and mm-hmm. they want to find ways to break you down that again. power dynamic. Yeah. yeah. And also, shit. mind you, codependent relationships, they don't have to be unhealthy. Like, not unhealthy in the sense of like you're in a super toxic relationship, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I've known people that have been codependent in their relationships and their other partner was a super supportive, amazing person. Mm -hmm. But they just had so many of their own internal issues to work through that they were projecting all that onto their partner. And it also becomes exhausting for the other person. So it's hard on both ends to navigate something like that. And I think that at the end of the day, it really is about doing the work. Because if you don't do the work... And that's exactly right. Like, you don't have to be in this crazy toxic you know, chaos kind of relationship exactly. to have codependency, but it still can be draining and not healthy in the long run because yeah. you have these people or this one person in the relationship that doesn't have that full sense of who they are. Mm-hmm. And that that projection will really taint the, the kind of communication and understanding they have between each other. And honestly, it can create like resentment and like it becomes tough because obviously you love the person that you're with and you want to help them but at the same time you can't necessarily help someone who doesn't want to help themselves or doesn't even realize that they need to help themselves because that's the biggest thing i think at the end of the day if you can't assess where your trauma is coming from and really take a look at the bigger picture then you really can't help yourself and you don't even realize that you need to help yourself Mm -hmm. and in that position it's very easy to become codependent and rely on Mm -hmm. the other person to almost save you but you also have the complex that you need to save them because if you feel like you know you're not needed then what's the point i don't have any worth if i'm not needed by the other person Mm -hmm. so honestly codependent relationships i have to say like is probably one of the most stressful things that you can Mm -hmm. deal with in a relationship because you just be you become lost as a person and it really does make me sad because I look back on certain points and not even like my ex relationship, like just even men that I've, I've seen over the years and, um, my relationship with my parents. Like, I feel like I'm just so detached from them at this Mm -hmm. point because I, for years was constantly trying to seek that validation from them that they never gave me and didn't understand that they had to give me because I think, I don't know, culturally, like, I think a lot of people that I've met who are like European and grew up in a European household have come come with the same issues Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times it's that the parents were they were never given that love when they were young oh it's generational it's generational right so I think for myself like even like I've spoken to my therapist about it and she says to me as well as you know we've had conversations about like the generational curses and it's almost like the fucked up traumas that I went through as a kid it was almost like it was a rite of passage for me to go through and I was never given the sympathy or the empathy or the care and nurturing that I needed in those moments to really work through those things Mm -hmm. I was just disregarded so easily you grow up and especially like as a woman and the culture and the society that we live in and how much pressure there is on us and we're constantly trying to be someone that we're not because we think that person is better than who we are Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to fall into those traps we're taught to try to exceed uh, like 
get that external validation. Yeah. Because that's what matters. And, like, mm-hmm. that's how you get happiness and a good relationship and yep. somebody who will be there for you. And just in your situation, it's like, but it only makes sense, you know, if you, you know, your parents weren't taught that and then you grew up and you feel that kind of neglect and that, not, that disconnect. Yeah. And then, obviously, it's only inevitable you're going to try and seek that from other men. Yeah, 100%. And, then, and it's typical that because we're so used to seeing these traits portrayed in our parents, we're subconsciously actually attracting the same traits that they have, which yep. is actually the complete opposite of what we actually want. want. Therefore, you have stumbled upon very um, disconnected men and very um, like neglectful men yeah. until you really did a lot of that inner work and self-development and, and were like, okay, hey, these are my boundaries. This is the love I have for myself and I'm fucking owning it. Mm-hmm. And then your energy literally changes repels people who aren't at that level. And it's really funny because I have to say like, you know, we've been through a lot mm-hmm. and like we've been up and down roller coasters of emotions. This like really <laughs> like, again, the like biggest understatement of life. literally the biggest understatement. So we're, we're talking from a very calm and collected place, <laughs> yeah. but we've really been through it. Yeah. And like, we really understand and know what it's like. It's like, especially speaking for myself, like I was probably the number one culprit of codependent relationships. Like I was really up in that shit. Like mm-hmm. it was really toxic. It was really fucked up. Like it was not fun. And I really think that as you know human beings we need to give ourselves a break as well and like forgive ourselves for those moments mm-hmm. in our lives where we allowed that kind of energy to engulf us because at the end of the day we're all learning yeah. especially when you're raised in an environment where you were never taught what boundaries you should mm-hmm. be setting because you didn't even realize boundaries were a thing that to be set in the first place no one teaches this shit no one teaches you this shit especially again speaking culturally i feel like you know, the expectation for women is, you know, you have kids, you shut your mouth and you do what I say. And you smile. And you smile and look pretty while you do it. So for me, like, that's just, you I know. It grinds my gears more. It's, dis- it's like, disgusting. Oh, it really is disgusting. And I think um, another huge aspect of codependency is feeling bitter or taken advantage of for your constant and continual efforts. So this, to me, is very interesting. <laughs> Let's get into that a little bit. So feeling bitter or taken advantage of. I think when you're in a codependent relationship or a friendship and you're constantly putting in like a continual effort to, you know, be there for that person and be their number one support and, you know, feel that validation from the need to be needed and all that shit. And when you're not getting that validation from that person, because, you know, you're putting everything on the line for that person, Mm -hmm. you're you're going above and beyond, you're putting yourself on the back burner to be present for that friend, for that, you know, your partner or whatever it may be. And when that partner of yours or your friend is not giving you back that validation it's almost like well what the fuck i'm doing all of this shit Mm -hmm. for you i'm constantly putting my shit on the back burner and i'm making you a priority and i'm never putting myself first and it's like okay but at the end of the day you can't expect the other person to say um thank you for doing all of that for me because at the end of the day if you're putting that energy out there and you're deciding to put yourself on the back burner and not prioritize yourself and constantly you know feed off of that codependency and that attachment it's only going to create a negative result because you can't make yourself a second priority in life you have to make yourself your first priority and that all comes down to setting those boundaries and finding that self-worth because you can get so engulfed in constantly saving other people you completely don't know how to save yourself yeah it's like wild oh man yeah this whole like need to like want to save other people it's crazy Mm -hmm. because even like for me i've always been like we've said it so many times we're like in the past we've been so attracted to like partners who need <laughs> i don't want to say saving but like there's but can, really yeah sense like healing and they there's like you know growth there and there's like consciousness needed to like be like developed yeah. and like whether it was subconscious or not i definitely attracted a lot of partners who really needed that like push mm-hmm. and i just found myself with a lot of people who it was always me kind of like bringing them to where they needed to go yeah and always me bringing them up and me like teaching them about like growth and consciousness and all this stuff and it's like you know it's it's one of those things where i know at the end of the day like my one of my huge missions in this life was to be a healer yeah for sure and you know that is my calling and that's why i also attract a lot of people who need healing um but in the same point it's 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 a lot more difficult when it comes to romantic interests because especially being an empath I absorb all of this and I get completely drained when I'm constantly giving, giving, giving and trying to be the person to raise them up and I don't have that reciprocated. And so it's like, obviously that's where, you know, I've discussed in previous podcasts. I got to a point where I'm like, you know what? 
I do, I am a healer and that's always going to be the, my thing and that's cool, but I can't be that role in every relationship I have. And you also can't be completely relied upon to be that type of person, no, right? No. Like it's draining as fuck. And actually that leads into my next point, being an <laughs> empath, learning the difference between being an empath and being codependent. This is a huge thing. Because I think as, like, naturally, as who we are as people, we've always felt the need to heal other people. And I don't think that's ever going to change. It's like this, like, moral responsibility we put on ourselves. But also then I get confused about it because, like, we put all this pressure to do that or be that for somebody. And we have in the past. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, even to this day, I still have a moral dilemma with it. Because, you know, like, it's, where's the line between me wanting to enlighten somebody and making them or helping them along their journey just for them to like kind of fuck me over and then leave me again. You know what I <laughs> yep. mean? Like yeah, it's, it's, true. it's hard because even to this day, like I find myself kind of sometimes getting wrapped up into that mindset again. And I have a hard time sometimes disting- distinguishing between my intuition and my role as an empath and mm-hmm. like being codependent. And I'm like, okay, I know that I have attachment issues. That's why I've actively been working on those things for a, a while. Mm-hmm. And Uh, making a conscious effort to recognize that yes it's okay to admit that I actually do have attachment issues and I feel like the more we can recognize those things and just be truthful about it and own it the more we can move through it exactly so I think with that learning the difference between being an empath and being codependent we take on this moral responsibility to constantly save other people and help them enlighten themselves to become the best versions of themselves because we're looking at the possibilities of what they can be mm-hmm. and it's a lot of looking at the possibilities it's not so much living in the reality it's because again if we're thinking about in terms of romantic relationships the problem with that very piece that you just said is that we it's like the empath in us wants to help them heal but we know healing is also a long journey and so we see that end result in the sense we fall for their potential because we see what they can do with what we we've given them yeah and so it's like we literally fall for people yes but then we're like okay but look at their potential and then we are like but our mission too is to help them yeah we need to see them reach that potential and then in the process it harms us we suffer yeah (laughs) but that's why i think sometimes people don't even realize that they're in codependent type of relationships or friendships because you're not objectively looking at yourself, right? Yeah. Like you're so engulfed in the situation that you're not actually really taking a look at what's really going on and the reality of it. Once you leave the situation, that's why they say when you leave a toxic, abusive relationship, you when you leave a codependent relationship, that's when you truly see the real picture for what it was. You get a lot of clarity. Exactly. And then it's up to you. Do you want to work through it or not? Like at the end of the day, it's all your decision. It's all your perception. It's changing your mentality. Like I've been been at points in my life where I've been so fucking low. I didn't see the light at the end. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I decided that it's either I'm going to let this kill me and let these relationships kill me and let these feelings kill me, or I'm going to do something about it. And I'm going to change my perspective and push past this and really, you know, lean on my support systems to, to be able to do so. And that's why I can say now, yeah, I still struggle with some of those things, but I'm 10 times better for the work that I've done and for the support systems I've had that I've worked through it. And now I can actually observe while I'm in the situation, Exactly. which takes a lot of time. Like it that's does. a process in a itself. Time, patience and focus. Yeah. But you know, I think we should discuss like kind of where are we at now in yeah. terms of like, what's like, what's your, your outlook and your perspective on what defines a healthy relationship. Obviously we went to codependent and mm-hmm. all of these little blurred lines, but exactly like if we're looking at the other end of the spectrum, what then defines for you a healthy relationship? For myself, I think a healthy relationship really consists of direct, honest communication from the beginning. Like once you really, if you really want to be in a healthy relationship, I do truly believe that the foundation needs to be set Mm-hmm. on all of these things yep. because if you begin a relationship with somebody a friendship and the trust is broken the loyalty is broken from the beginning it's almost impossible to rebuild that shit mm-hmm. like i don't know many people that can do that and really actually be truly at the best versions of themselves in a relationship due to that so for myself i would say definitely from the beginning having that communication i really think that it's important to really see who your partner is mm-hmm. and not put those expectations and that pressure on who you want them to be And also Mm -hmm. looking back at, you know, usually the beginning of the relationship is the best part of the relationship. And that's the part that we constantly look back at when things get fucked up. 
And I think for myself that now that I look at things more clearly, I can see that person for who they are from the beginning because Mm -hmm. we all have our flaws. We all have things about ourselves that we need to work on. Life is a fucking journey of healing and working on ourselves. So like we're only doing our best. And I think as long as you can see from someone that they're doing their best and really trying and putting that continual effort in and showing you this is who I am, like giving that transparency, that's the biggest thing. Yep. Huge. Like for me, I really feel like, yeah, there's so many other things as well, obviously. But that to me is just like, that's how you know that someone is solid and you don't have to worry as much. Because I think the most stressful thing is being worried where your partner's, you know, what mind wanders to. And where, mm-hmm. if are they thinking about other women? Are, their intentions. You, their intentions. And that's why when you can kind of clearly see someone's intentions from the beginning and they show you with actions that they are who they say they are, that's how you know that you can, you know, develop and blossom a healthy relationship from that. Mm-hmm. The foundation is the most important thing. And I can say that, you know, from our like past experiences that we like we kind of started off on a solid foundation, but that kind of went to shit quickly. Very quickly. I was even thinking on like because you brought up the trust piece at the very beginning and I can just think um, I had done like a meditation. I don't know if I said this in a previous podcast. I forget because we talk so goddamn much. (laughs) um, You know, months after we had broken up, I did this meditation and it was uh, something around like, you know, letting go of, you know, past bullshit and right. just like you know about trust and all this stuff and it was this deep meditation and it had basically made me realize like the first time that he had really lied to me lied mm. to my face and when I found out I had never actually trusted him again yeah and because I didn't really I'm like you know I, since then I would really try so 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 hard and I'd I'd literally condemn myself because I was like Amber like what the hell's wrong with you like why do you have such trust issues yeah but I realized that yeah okay I didn't trust him since that that time but I also didn't trust him because he never was able to, like, build back my trust because every other week or every other month, I found out another lie. Exactly. And so that's really where it's like, okay, it's whether, regardless of if, if somebody fucks up, it's it's one thing. It's another thing if their actions continuously prove you right. Yeah. You know? And so I think that really is a huge thing. Like, trust is, like, number one. And going through that, being, being so always flustered and nervous and being not having trust in my partner the was anxiety. Like, the the like the illness that I yeah. felt in your physical oh body the God. pain that you feel like yeah it, it I would not wish it on anyone and at the same time though it was up to me to like leave that and I yeah. should have left sooner but you know you live and you learn and so at this point now you know, where you're at like after everything you've experienced in your past relationships and friendships and everything do you believe in second chances I do but I think it's really context-based because mm-hmm. if I was with another partner and there was, like, you know, any cheating, any of that, I'd be out the first time because yeah. I know how damaging that was the first time around yeah. and it really fucked with me. Yeah. And so I, I think it's – the second chances are based off of um, your boundaries mm-hmm. because I'll give a second chance if, you know, I don't know. Like, it just it's really super depends, context-based. right? Because it's, like, I know where I would draw the line, you know? Any other woman involved, like – I don't trust you. You really betray me once or no, you know, because Mm -hmm. again, I'm not doing that rodeo again. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. It's like, I want to be with a partner long-term. I'm like, I'm ready for, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So I, I need somebody who's just as serious and wants that because I don't got time. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's really my piece. And like, that's the thing I don't, I always said, I'm like, oh, fuck, I have, like, such trust issues. And I'm like, I think I only had it because I was with somebody who I couldn't trust. Exactly. It's like, you know, now in my experience, it's like, you know, I'm with a man who, like, actually I can trust. And I think the biggest thing is, once you vibrate from the energy of I'm no longer going to sit with things that don't serve me, once you radiate that outside of yourself, Mm -hmm. you will start to attract, again, manifestation. You'll start to attract the types of people that you really need in your life. Because up until this point, you've known me for, like, literally 10 years. And you can say definitely after all the relationships and guys I've dealt with over the years majority of them are trash absolutely absolutely I like really did not like literally neither did I (laughs) but I'm also like I'm gonna always have like high standards for you because I'm like unless you're literally like you know fucking A plus like fucking material you're not gonna be good enough for her but anyway (laughs) no but exactly though and like so that's why even looking back on all those things I feel like at this point now I've finally let go of all of those 
like mm-hmm. emotions that I've held within myself of you know the negative self talk and really like feeling sh- like shit about myself and you know really working on my self esteem and I hit a point this year where because like this year I've hooked up with a few different guys but it was never like anything crazy or serious mm-hmm. um, and so it got to a point where I was like you know what these guys. Yeah, I'm using you for a purpose at the end of the day. I know the ball is in my court, (laughs) but at the same time, you're not giving me anything that I really need or care about. And this isn't going to go anywhere. So why am I going to continue to waste my time with people who aren't vibrating on my frequency? And once you made that step up, so much change. Yeah, everything things changed. Literally. And that's how I know for sure. And that's why I literally preach it to anyone who will listen to me um, that once you start putting out the energy that you want and you will you will will attract it back 110 percent it will return because if it could happen for me it could happen for you it can happen Mm -hmm. for anybody yeah and literally what did i say about the guy that i would meet you know manifesting the type of person that i knew i really wanted i ended up finding that person that carries that energy carries that energy and i ended up finding that in certain people and certain experiences Mm -hmm. and i was like holy shit like i didn't really know that i could have that i didn't believe for a long time that i could actually be truly experience happiness with a partner because i felt like literally i was meant to suffer in relationships and also you think though like your your past narratives have been just that right yeah it's so hard not to build a narrative around the only experiences you've had, which were negative. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You have to really like try and unprogram yourself from that. You literally have to unprogram yourself and tell yourself that you, be- you deserve and you truly believe that you deserve more than what you've gotten. But it's only when you can actually put yourself in that experience of already experiencing yeah. that future, that future experience mm-hmm. is when you can actually get that in return. Exactly. Live it out. And like we've talked about in our, in the episode that we talked about manifestation, um, when you truly, you have to truly actually believe like in your core and know it as fact that this is what you want and what you deserve and what you're, you're going to obtain. Like you're going to have Mm -hmm. this once you, if you look at it from that perspective and really put that energy out into the world, nine times out of 10, you're going to get that in fruition a lot sooner than you think you're going to. And I think that in itself is super empowering to know that we have the, we literally have the power within ourselves to change our perspective, to unprogram the years of trauma and like childhood Mm -hmm. trauma and, and, you know, years of different like things that we've experienced in life and truly say to ourselves, no, I'm not going to live in that victim mentality anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm going to change my perspective and therefore I'm going to change my life because of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing about codependency. What it really comes down to is no longer allowing yourself to give your power away. Yeah. Because as we're talking right now, like empowerment and, and like all of this manifestation, you can only truly emit that type of stuff and, and, and receive it. Yeah. When you have that authentic empowerment within yourself, when you, when you know for convict, like when you stand and say with conviction, I have everything I need. I am worth so much. I love mm-hmm. myself and I have the power to do this and change yeah. my life. Those affirmations are so important. It's so important. And when you're in a codependent state and you're in a toxic relationship, you don't have that. No. You know? So it's like really, it really comes down to really changing the narrative in your brain. Yeah. But that comes down to reprogramming. It's a lot of soul searching. A lot of soul Like searching. you really need to look into yourself and say, who am I? Like, what do I need? Mm-hmm. What do I want? What am I willing to accept? And once you really set those boundaries within yourself i i guarantee you you will live a better life for it and again it's not to say that people aren't gonna you know be shitty that's life it is what it is but as long as you protect yourself and really you know release that attachment i think it's really finding ways to release that attachment and i'm not a fucking therapist so i can't give you (laughs) an abc one two three list of how to exactly do that you know we're all figuring it out but really finding ways to release that attachment and being comfortable in your own skin and your own energy and finding ways to really accept yourself for who you are it's going to really help you avoid and heal from codependent relationships yeah but not to mention we've already talked about where I always talk about this kind of analogy where if you are in a state of forcing something mm-hmm. or resisting it. So if yeah. you're in a state of, okay, I'm forcing this this partnership to happen. I'm forcing my partner to stay with me or me to stay with them. Or in the other hand, I'm resisting the fact that like I, I'm going to lose them. I'm resisting the fact that there's unpredictable shit and I can't handle it. There's it's that control. Unpre- it's Again, both of those things, you are in such a stagnant position and you are not allowing um, yourself to manifest this new energy, this new different life, right? And so when we're in either or, you're truly stuck. You're truly Mm -hmm. never. And and again, I can speak from experience, so can you. You will never manifest who you want to be, the life you desire and want and deserve if you are in one or both of these uh, 
like states. Level, the states, yeah. right? And so I think that's really what it comes down to. And you know, as we've been talking about, the problem is is that when you're in a toxic, codependent, low vibrational energy slash relationship, you are in one or the other. Yep. And that feeling, I just literally out. got that urge. Ugh. Like you know that feeling, it's just like you're trying so hard to force something to oh, like make brutal. it what you want. It's not where manifestation happens. No, that's you're literally living not in your truest form. Like you're not living in vibration of where you're supposed to be. Exactly. And that's when you're gonna feel that that shift of okay, I feel that force, I feel the resistance, I feel all of those things. And once you start feeling those things, I think that's the first sign to ask your intuition, ask yourself is this really what I'm supposed to be doing right now? Because why do I feel like this? Yeah, and no, but I've actually gotten to the point where, you know, even this past month has been chaotic, crazy, mm-hmm. just to, like trying to get like Matt here and all this stuff, yeah. with everything going on and just like all, just outside life stuff. It's, it's a just lot. a lot. Um, and there's so many things like, you know, fighting against us, but long story short, I I would catch myself getting like so emotional or like mm-hmm. into like all of these little like mind traps and you know even in just like the grand scheme of like everyday life sometimes i can like you know think myself into like until i'm blue yeah and it comes down to catching yourself mm-hmm. every single time you do that yep. and every single time when you're getting all down and emotional and like your head's starting to spin you literally have to be like no yeah snap out of it i'm not doing a spir- spiral right now and just be like you know what what if what if i just let it go yep what if i'm like you know what I can't fucking predict the future. I don't have the control of everything in my life. Mm-hmm. But I, what I do have control over is my thoughts yeah. and how I react to my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And once you can become the seat of the observer of those, yeah. you literally, you literally like make the best life for yourself. I have to say, honestly, that is the number one thing that's helped me too, is yeah. once you find yourself in those spiral traps, when you start feeling it happening, you're like, fuck, I'm starting to like, it's starting to happen and I'm getting stressed it's out. A choice I'm getting overwhelmed. You have to literally in the moment make a choice okay, no, I cannot think like this. Why do I have to control everything? Stop controlling everything. I'm a control freak. I've always been a control freak. I'm a fucking Virgo. I know. You know, (laughs) literally. So it's like my whole life I've lived like constantly feeling the need to control because I've always felt out of control. So compensating. Exactly. So you get to a point where do you allow this to control your life now? Do you allow the feeling of control to control you? Because you will be literally manic and chaotic forever. And that's why in those moments you have to say to yourself, I need to release this control and allow the universe to let everything free flow and whatever's meant to be for me will be and that's that on that because again now that you're releasing now that you're just like you know fuck it sometimes i literally have to envision myself just being like fuck it literally because as soon as i say and i say it out loud i'm like you know what i can catch myself and i almost sometimes laugh at myself i'm like oh my god the amount of like stress i'm putting myself through right now thinking about possible situations happening or horrible things happening the next day or this person's gonna say this or this all this stuff and i'm like I literally look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, Amber, what the fuck are you doing right literally. now? I'm stressing and I'm, I can be a super anxious person because my mind just goes to all of these places mm-hmm. if I let it. And I've just learned, I'm like, laugh at yourself. Be yeah. like, dude, do I see what's going on with my brain? It's being the observer. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, you can actually like channel your thoughts. It's just habitual thinking. Yeah. It's not really, you know, innately who you are. Exactly. It's being the observer of all these irrational thoughts. And you can change you, who you are whenever you exactly. want to. And once you become the observer of your thoughts, my friends change your life 110% put that on a t-shirt like are you fucking yeah we need to sell merch or something (laughs) we have so much shit to put on the t-shirt I know literally (laughs) no I think that at the end of the day codependency and all of that really ties into your perception of self Mm -hmm. so I think that you know if you can be the observer really take a step back and say to yourself does this feel right to me and it doesn't feel right change it Bottom line, yeah. no excuses. Simplify it. Simplify it. Literally, I found it. the best thing for me anyway is dumbing it down. Yep. You know? Simplify it. Yeah. 100%. Once you simplify that shit and say, why the fuck am I making this so complicated? And like, we're pretty anxious people. Like, we've been like, living with anxiety for years. Y times two. <laughs> like, literally, like that meme with the lady yeah. and all the fucking numbers <laughs> floating around her head and she's like confused. That's us literally every day. Every day. But I think, honestly, the best thing is simplify your life as much as you can and simplify those emotions in the moment and literally catch yourself, change your thought. Exactly. And that's it. And I think that at the end of the day, we're human. We're going to experience these feelings regardless. As much as we want to say we've healed from it, we don't know when the trauma is going to come up. No. Like that's something that, you know, we talk about, let's be healed and whatever. This is a lifelong journey. It never ends. Yeah. Till the day that we die, we're going to try to heal from our shit. Yeah. And you have to just let go of the fact that you can't control when it comes up. Yeah. And once you accept that for what it is, 
You're no longer feeling the need to control every aspect of everything. You're no longer the victim of your circumstance. That's the biggest fucking thing. That really ties... That's, like, honestly the main thing of codependency. (laughs) Like, Like, when you're a victim of your circumstances and allow it to control and take over your life... You will be stuck by your circumstances. Yeah. And then, honestly, at the end of the day, it's like, I I sympathize and I empathize because I've been through it. You've Mm -hmm. been through it. We've both experienced it. But it gets to a point where we've made enough excuses for ourselves over the years. We're no longer justifying our actions because of a victim mentality. We decided to say, you know what? I'm sick of being a fucking victim. I'm sick of uh, excusing my actions and my behaviors towards other people because of that. And now I'm going to change my perspective and live a better life for it. Period. Yeah, I honestly cannot have said it better myself. Like, <laughs> I, like, I don't even note. know what to say after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think that this is an interesting topic because I think a lot of people will be able to relate to it. And I think I think nine out of ten people have been in a codependent relationship. We all have in one way or another. Like, you know, no one's upbringing is fucking perfect. You know, perfect. Yeah, we exactly. All we all have our baggage. And I think we just live in a society where people try to, like, hide it away. And it's like... I think the more you do that, it's just the more... The, it's more harmful. Yeah, it's so harmful. And it's like, I think we're very open books, hence, I mean, the fucking podcast. We pretty much put our shit on air. But yeah. at the end of the day, gotta say, it's so damn freeing. God, it's so healing. I like, it really it. is. Like, I'm it. so glad that we can say we can... In, like, 40 years from now, we can look back and say, like, we seriously pushed ourselves to grow as much as we could totally. and develop and developmental points of our life. And that is huge that a lot of people can't say. And that's why... Like, we want to hear about your experiences and we want to see, like, you know, where you guys have been at. And, like, mm-hmm. especially in terms of, like, spiritual development, that all plays into these things. And I think once we found our spiritualities, when we really found our sense of self. and Interchangeable, it, man. Exactly. All of it is interconnected. So, I mean, we're just going to keep going on a tangent. So, we might as well just, like, yeah, end it here. <laughs> <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed it. And, you know, we always just hope you guys can take something from it. Yeah. That, like, means a lot to us. And, like, <laughs> you know, we just, like, love you guys. It's, like, we've had really great feedback and it's super exciting. So, um, we're looking forward to like you know putting more shit out there yeah. spilling well, the tea getting crazy stay tuned till next time all righty bye <laughs> <laughs>